My goodness. Let the church say amen. Man, I was tempted to say, go on, sing another one. We'll just extend this, let you do the remix. The song service remix this morning. But you know, singing is a very, very critical, in my belief, it is that important part of the worship. But I believe it's critical because even in the singing, there's admonishing, there's teaching, there's exhortation, there's building up. And oh, man, there's just so much we get out of the singing if we sing, if we sing. But I believe I believe we were ready this morning. I believe we were ready this morning. But Brother Jerry made a very uh, important point. If you're not singing, your worship is not acceptable. You, you have to incorporate all parts of the worship. Amen. You can't just say, well, I took communion today and I'm good to go. Amen. I know that old, that old belief, you know, folks used to call the church, well, I was sick today, I just need to take communion. Mm-hmm. No, you need to worship. Amen. As long as there's breath in your body, as long as you're able to sing and understand, you need to worship. Amen. And you need to worship until the good Lord call you home. Not just, I need to take communion. Well, how come you don't say, I need to give my collection, my offering? Huh? You ain't never heard that through the year. Folks said, come on by here to get my offering. Anyway. Anyway. But folks, it's good to have Brother Dory back. Amen. Good to see his wife just lighting up like a Christmas tree over there. Look at it over there. That's all right. And that's the way it's supposed to be. That's the way it's supposed to be. Well, this morning, we would like to talk about a lesson about almost. Almost. I, I, I kind of smile when Brother Tummels read the inspirational uh, reading. Because really and truly, it kind of ties in. You know, people don't go around hollering about we're number two. We're number two. And nobody remember who lost the Super Bowl. People remember who won. Nobody remember who lost the World Series. They remember who won. People don't remember who came in second or third during the track meet. They remember who won. Amen. And you know what? Nobody wants to talk about and hear about what you almost. That's right. Story was told about a man who went fishing and caught this large fish on his line and he wrestled with it for hours trying to bring it in and he went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth and finally the line broke. I don't know about you, but I watched this show called Wicked Tuna and they catch these huge fish, these tunas. And sometimes they weigh anywhere from six, seven, eight hundred pounds. Can you imagine one fish weighing that much? Do you know how strong of a fishing line that must be? How, how strong of a fishing pole that must be yeah. to reel in something like that? Yeah. But you know what? Every now and then, they wrestle and they just go back and forth, back and forth with one of these big tunas. And then right before they can spear it to bring it in, the line breaks. And you know what? Nobody likes to talk about we almost had it. 
when they go back in to dock and they go to the uh, the guy who purchased the tunas, they don't go back and say, well, I almost had a 700 pounder. You don't get paid for almost. You got to bring in the fish. You know what? The same thing applies with us in Christianity. We don't please God by good intentions and we don't please God by talking about what we almost did. Amen. We have to have a made up mind. Yes, and we want to talk about having a made up mind. Talking about almost yeah. this morning. King Agrippa was a, was, was a king. He was a king. A man with great authority. And Paul had appealed unto Caesar because of his treatment and because of the things that were going on in his time and him being persecuted and charged with all types of lies and characterizations about him going throughout the land and country preaching the gospel. Yeah. It boiled down to people did not want to hear the gospel. Yeah. People did not want to hear anything that was going to change them out of what they already believed. Right. And on numerous occasions, Paul encountered people who tried to kill him. He was beaten. He was shipwrecked. You name it, Paul went through it. So Paul now, here in Acts chapter 26, he has afforded a grand opportunity. Yeah. And the reason I say it's a grand opportunity, he comes before the king. Think about this for a moment, folks. Man, you better have your act together when you stand before the king. You slip up and say the wrong thing if you want to. This king has power. He has authority. But here... And I believe it's by God's design. God allowed Paul to speak before the king. Concerning what he had been through and the charges that were brought against him. And really and truly folks, it boiled down to people did not want to hear the preaching of the gospel. They did not want to hear about Jesus being resurrected. They did not want to hear about Jesus sitting at the right hand of God. They did not want to let Judaism go and all of their other religious beliefs. They did not want to accept Christ as their Savior. So Paul finds himself standing before King Agrippa. And read along with me, Acts 26 verse 19. Whereupon, O King Agrippa... I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision, but showed first unto them of Damascus and at Jerusalem and throughout all the coasts of Judea and then to the Gentiles that they should repent and turn to God and do works, meet for repentance. Remember, Paul was traveling at the time his name was Saul. He was traveling down Damascus Road. He encountered the one and only Jesus. Not blind, not to the ground. And he had a conversation with the Lord. And Paul is reflecting back on this saying, I was not disobedient unto the vision, unto this encounter. 
He went on to do what the Lord commanded him to do. For these causes, the Jews caught me in the temple and went about to kill me. Paul, after he regained his sight back and was uh, accompanied and built up by other brethren, Paul went about doing the Lord's work. Everywhere he went, he went about preaching. He went about telling people about Jesus. He went about preaching the gospel, telling people to repent, telling people to turn from their wicked ways, telling people to turn away from witchcraft, the fornication, the lying, the stealing, all of these things. Paul was preaching. Paul was preaching. And you know, some of the worst attacks that he ever encountered were from religious people. Isn't that amazing? He says right here, he said, whereupon I went, well, let, let me get back over here. He said, in the temple, for these causes, the Jews caught me in the temple and went about to kill me. Yeah. While he was preaching and teaching in the temple, which supposed to have been a religious place. That's right. That's right. The Jews had their mind set, hey, we're going to kill you for bringing this crazy stuff in here talking about Jesus. We don't want to hear that crazy mess about Jesus. And you know the sad thing, and I'm not being anti-Semitic about what I'm getting ready to say. The Jews still lie today and say they didn't kill Jesus. Well, they were the ones who handed handed Jesus over to be crucified. And it was out of the mouth of Jesus who said that the condemnation is greater to the one that delivered him. Yeah, yeah. Over to the Roman soldiers to be put to death. And still to this day, they still lie about the resurrection. They still lie. It's right in God's word. They still lie concerning the resurrection. And they still will not acknowledge that Jesus got up on the third day. Right, man. Now, some would hear this and say, Brother May is being anti-Semitic because, you know, I'm not being politically correct. No, I'm being scripturally correct. The word of God said to this day, the Jews still deny. Because when the soldiers went to the tomb, some encountered and they froze. And when the resurrection had occurred, they went back to report the body is gone. So the soldiers were paid off. And they were told to say, tell the people that his disciples stole his body. Uh. And that's what happened. Don't you know, as a Roman soldier, if you didn't carry out your duties the way you're supposed to, man, that's death. That's immediate prison time. But the Bible said to this day, they don't acknowledge the resurrection. Because for them to acknowledge the resurrection of Jesus would be, they would have to admit that Judaism is wrong. So that's why whenever something is mentioned about the Jews, people are quick to holler, you're being anti-Semitic. No, I'm being scripturally correct. Nobody nobody ever wants to bring out in the conversations, in the news you hear about, well, we got to protect Jerusalem. We got to protect Israel. 
How can Israel be God's anointed people and chosen people when they don't even believe that Jesus has risen from the dead? Right. Help me out with that. Where they teach that Jesus is coming and he's going to establish a kingdom. Jesus has already established his kingdom. The church. That's who we are. He's not coming back to set foot on this earth again. This earth is going to be destroyed. It's going to be burned up. As Peter outlines it, it's going to be burned up with a fervent heat. So people are always talking about, and folks, I'm talking to you church folks now. I'm talking to you folks in the church. Be careful of getting caught up in this agreement about, oh, Israel, you got to uh, make sure we protect Israel. and We got to make sure this about Israel. Let me tell you, Israel need to hear the gospel. Israel need to repent of their sins. And Israel need to be baptized for the remission of their sins. That's what the Israelites over there need to do. That's what the Jews need to do. But I would be for, I would be seen as being anti-Semitic. Uh, well, call me whatever you want to. It's the truth. They deny the resurrection. And how can you be with Jesus if you don't even acknowledge that he got up from the dead? Amen. That's, that's simple, basic, elementary thinking right there. Yes, it is. How can you be a disciple of Jesus and you don't even believe that he got up? Uh, right. Well, the Jews aren't as smart as you think they are. Amen. Going back to the book, it said, for these causes, the Jews caught me in the temple and went about to kill me. Having therefore obtained help of God, I continue unto this day, witnessing both to small and great, saying none other things than those which the prophets and Moses did say should come. Paul said, I stayed according to the word. Whatever Whatever God revealed by revelation for me, whatever the spirit led me, that's the only thing I abided in. Verse 23, that Christ should suffer and that he should be the first that should rise from the dead and should show light unto the people and to the Gentiles. And as he does spake for himself, this is what I'm talking about when when when. You start talking about the truth. When you start talking about repentance. When you start talking about. Boy the gospel. The gospel will make any hit dog holler. Yes it will. Yes it will. And Festus was a hit dog. <laughs> As he started talking about the death, burial, and resurrection. The Bible. The Bible saying. As he thus spake for himself. Festus said with a loud voice. He's up there with the king. He's on the court with the king. Keep in mind now, this, this, this is a formal setting right here. Yeah. And here, here is Paul bound in shackles, uh-huh. in chains. And he's making this appeal. He's making this speech before the king. Yeah. And then here's Festus. Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, thou art beside thyself. 
Much learning does make thee mad. In other words, he said, Paul, you crazy. Coming up here before the king, talking about somebody has risen from the dead. He said, man, in all of your learning and education, it had made you crazy. Because you got to keep in mind now, Paul was an educated man. He was an educated man. Raised as a Pharisee. Had great teaching. He was an educated man. But Festus said, man, too much learning him just made you plumb crazy. He's trying to dispel and discredit Paul so that the king don't hear it. Amen. But notice, but notice. But he said, I am not mad. I am not mad. Most noble Festus. But speak forth the words of truth and soberness. Amen. For the king knoweth of the of these things. Before whom I also I before whom also I speak freely. For I am persuaded that none of these things are hidden from him. For this thing was not done in a corner. Listen, Paul stood there bound in shackles and everything. And he said, Festus, you know what? And I love the way Paul responded to him. He said, most noble Festus. I'm not mad. I'm not crazy, man. Matter of fact, the things that I speak, the king know about it. The king knows about it. He said, what was done? He said, it was not done in secret. It was not something to be hush hush about. Right. He said for I am persuaded that none of these things are hidden from the king. Right. You know one thing about being king. You know what's going on in your kingdom. Amen. You get the 411. You got people whose job is simply to go out and be about the business of finding out going on what's going on in your kingdom. And Paul said, the king know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And what, what's, so, what's so amazing about that? Paul, in his own smooth way, he makes an accusation about the king. And you know what? That could be deadly. Yeah. You're going to stand there and tell the king what he believed? But you know what Paul said? I know it's true. I know it's true. Listen to the next verse. He said, for the king knoweth of these things before whom also I speak freely. For I am persuaded that none of these things are hidden from him. For this thing was not done in a corner. Then he said, King Agrippa, believest thou the prophets? He said, I know that thou believest. Really, he put the king on the witness stand. But he didn't didn't require the king or ask the king to acknowledge. He said, I know you believe the prophets. I know you believe the prophets. So the fact that you believe the prophets, I know you believe Jesus got up and was resurrected. Because it was the prophets who foretold. 
that this was going to happen. Yeah. So think about how, how Paul handled this. He made it clear to the king that, you know what, you don't have to say a word. I know what you believe. He goes on to say, then, then King Agrippa said unto Paul, almost, almost, thou persuaded me to be a Christian. Well, why didn't the king say, away with him, take his head off? Why didn't the king say, how dare you come before me and lie? How dare you come before me and falsely accuse me? No, because King Agrippa knew he yeah. spoke the truth. Amen. And see, the problem as it was back then, it's the same problem today. Yeah. People don't want to hear the preaching about repentance. People don't want to hear the preaching about Jesus. They want to talk about how much they love Jesus, but they don't want to humble themselves and surrender their will to him. But listen to what is further stated. Verse 29. Paul said, I would to God that not only thou, talking about King Agrippa, but also all that hear me this day were both almost and altogether such as I am except these bonds. In other words, I wish everybody within the sound of my voice, Paul is saying, could be a slave to Jesus Christ. Yeah. Could be that servant. Could be that one to give their lives over to Christ. He said, except for these chains that I'm wearing. I wish every man within the sound of my voice would just humble themselves and give their lives to Christ. He goes on to say, and when he had thus spoken, the king rose up and the governor and Bernice and they that sat with them. And when they were gone aside, they talked between themselves saying, listen to this. This man doeth nothing worthy of death or of bonds. Haven't we heard that somewhere before similar? Pilate. Remember Pontius Pilate? Pilate said, I find nothing worthy. I find nothing criminal that this man has done. And here's the king, folks, the governor, and his staff, all of them, they're saying, man, I don't even know why this man is a prisoner. I don't even know why he's a prisoner. Let's read this again. And when they were going aside, they talked between themselves, saying, this man doeth nothing worthy of death yeah. or of bonds. Right. Right. Well, why was he standing in that shackle? Right. Folks, you, you need to understand something about the Christian life. 
And it's not because God is a failure at anything. God can never fail at anything. Amen. Amen. But the Christian life involves suffering. The Christian lives involve even sacrificing your life and dying. I know this isn't popular. This isn't what folks today in 2020 like to hear. Because we don't even like to hear the word suffering. But just because you stand for what's right doesn't mean all the time people are going to do you right. Amen. King Agrippa said, you know what? If he had not appealed to Caesar, uh-huh. I could let him go. But the protocol, he made an appeal to the top. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe the king could have still said, you know what? Let's end this right here. And let the king answer to Caesar. I don't know, but whatever the case may be, that's the normal protocol during that time. King Agrippa knew Paul was innocent. But here's the sad part of the story. This is my main point. He knew he was innocent. Yeah. But he wouldn't become a Christian. Man, if you believe what he stood there and said, why didn't he obey the gospel? Sometimes status get in the way. Sometimes being concerned about what other people around you might say get in the way. But out of his own mouth, he said, Thou almost persuaded me. In other words, man, some of the stuff you said, man, it hit home. And I know it to be true. Amen. So the only thing we remember about King Agrippa is he was almost persuaded. He almost did the right thing. Of all the things that were within his power to do, he almost did the right thing. There's no joy in almost. There's no forgiveness of sin in almost. There's no redemption in almost. There's no sanctification in almost. But the only thing we have on record to remember King Agrippa by is almost. How many times have you allowed almost? To come between you and God. I almost made up my mind. You know what? At the end of every year, we, we, we start making these uh, 
what do you call them? Resolutions and all this stuff and everything about we're going to do right. And, you know, I want to talk to church folks now. Even some church folks said, I know I didn't give the way I should have given last year, but this year I'm going to give right. I'm going to do right. I'm going to start the year off right. I'm going to give God his off the top. And maybe after the first two or three Sundays of the new year, you're doing well. And then after that, things start popping up in life. And you start saying to yourself, well, God understands. Well, I didn't expect this to happen. I didn't expect it to. But does God cut your blessings off? Does God stop showing his grace and mercy toward you? And then you go back and say, well, I I started off good, but I, I almost, I almost kept it going. Well, almost won't get it done, folks. Amen. Almost won't get it done. Amen. You got to keep it going. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You're not going to stand in judgment talking about something. I almost denied myself. No, the commandment, Matthew 16, 24, is before you could pick up your cross, you got to deny yourself totally. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I almost did this. There's no reward for what you almost did. You, you, you ever been doing something and your mind said, do this. And you said, no, nah, I'm going to hold off. And then guess what? Somebody else get the blessing. Yeah. And you say, I started to do it. Yeah. Well, what you started to do don't pay off. Amen. If you had done it, yeah. you would have received it. We need to examine ourselves and make sure we're not living the King Agrippa Christianity. Because sitting around talking about what I almost did and what I was thinking about doing, and that's not going to get it done, folks. You got to do it. Yeah. What, 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 what is your legacy going to be in judgment? All of us are going to have a legacy and it's going to follow us in the judgment. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. See, see, worldly folks worry about what people are going to remember about them in this world. I'm concerned about what is written in the books in heaven when I stand in judgment. Amen. That, that's the true legacy right there. Yes, Will it be I lived a life of I almost did this? I almost went out there. I almost mentioned sharing the gospel to somebody. No, you can't please God by almost doing it. That's right. You got to open your mouth and yeah. do it. Yeah. The commandment is go ye therefore into all the world. Paul said, because I preached Jesus, because I preached the death, burial, and resurrection, you know what? The main religious folks of the day tried to kill me. And it's no different today, folks. 
When you tell folks there's only one church, when you tell church people about Ephesians 4 and 4 that there's only one body, yeah. Colossians 1 18, and that the body, that one body is the church. Yeah. You know what? Religious folks are going to hate you. Yeah. Religious folks are will. They'll turn on you. Yeah. They'll talk about you because they don't want to repent. They don't want to acknowledge that what they're doing and practicing in the name of religion is wrong. But we can't be silent. Amen. Not if we're going to please God. That's right. There are going to be festers that we're going to run into. Amen. We're going to say, y'all folks in the church of Christ, y'all brainwash. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what they're teaching y'all about one church. and You've got to be a member of the church of Christ to be saved. That's the Bible, folks. Amen. Amen. Yeah, that's it. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles. Yeah, yeah. Of God. First Peter 4 and 11. Yes, sir. There are going to be those who are going to say, you're mad. You're narrow-minded. How can you think that Jesus only care about, and he's only going to save one church? I'm just as narrow-minded as God was yeah. when he told Noah to be a one ark. That's right. All folks are going to talk. They're going to call your names. They're going to try to make you feel insecure about the truth that you believe. Amen. Let them talk, folks. Yeah. Amen. Let them yeah. talk. Yeah. I said, be like Paul. Stand. Yeah. Stand. If, if, if mama won't stand with you, stand. Yeah. If daddy won't stand with you, stand. Yeah. If your spouse won't stand with you, stand. Yeah. Even when your children talk crazy and they won't stand with you, stand Man. with Jesus. Man. Stand with Jesus. Because yes, one thing for sure, nothing you could do against the truth. Amen. Amen. The truth is going to stand. Yes, it is. Jesus said in John 8, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Yeah. Paul's appeal went on, and Paul was finally, guess what? Put to death. Yeah. Yeah. But wait a minute. What he spoke was the truth. Absolutely. Yeah. But the world don't care about the truth. Amen. But these are the words of Paul prior to his death. He said, I fought a good fight. Yeah. I finished my course. I have kept the faith. I have kept the faith. Yeah. Yeah. What the Lord has deemed for me to do, I've served it. Amen. Where he told me to go, I went. Yeah. The suffering that he said I was going to have to endure, he brought me through it. Yeah. Henceforth, it laid up for me a crown of righteousness. Yeah. Yeah. But not for me only. That's right. But for all of them. Amen. But for all of them. Yeah. That love is appearing. Amen. 
Why? You may ask, well, why if he spoke the truth, if the king knew he told the truth and everything, is no different than today. Amen. You could tell a person, the Church of Christ is the only one. Jesus established only one church. Baptism is essential to salvation. And the only way you could be saved, you got to be baptized for the remission of your sin. And you can sit there and show a person book, chapter, and verse. And they'll get up and walk away as if they ain't heard a word you said. And some will even talk about you like a dog. Folks, it don't matter what folks do to you in this life. That's right. We're looking for something bigger and greater. Amen. Beyond this life. Yeah. Beyond this life. Yeah. Don't get yourself hung up in this world. Amen. It, it'll distract you. Mm-hmm. It'll pull you away from your service of what you're supposed to be doing. Amen. Amen. So today, if there are any who need to get themselves right with God. If there is someone here today who is persuaded that Jesus Christ is the son of God. If there's someone here today who know that he got up on the third day. And today he sits at the right hand of God. If there's someone here today who know that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, John 14 and 6. Yeah. And that there's no way possible of praying and getting to God except by him. Yeah. Well, if you know all of these things and you, you're persuaded to know it's true, why don't you finish the process? Right. Sometimes people believe all of that, but they say, but my preacher told me to pray this prayer. He told me to pray this prayer, and now I'm a Christian. I asked Jesus to come into my life. I ain't read nowhere in the Bible about that prayer. But what I have read in the Bible is Mark 16 and 16. When Jesus said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. Amen. I've read in Matthew 28 when Jesus gave the great commission. Verse 18, Jesus said, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. earth." He said, go ye therefore into all the world. Teach. Baptize. Jesus gave the commandment to be baptized. Finish the process. Why stop halfway when you're almost there? King Agrippa said, almost persuaded me. Well, all he had to do was just say, Paul, let's get this thing finished. But you know what? Sometimes people pride get in the way. Yes, sir. Don't let pride get in your way today. There's no scriptural authority for a sinner's prayer. Jesus didn't endorse it. He didn't stamp it. God never said anything about it. 
You can't pray yourself into putting on Christ. Galatians 3, 26, 27. But we're all the children of God by faith. Yeah. But if many of you as were baptized into Christ yeah. have put on Christ. Man. You must be baptized Man. for the remission of your sin. 1 Peter 3, 21. Acts 22, 16. All scriptures all through the Bible, New Testament, talking about baptism. And then people will tell you. People will tell you, baptism is not essential. Huh. It's a lie, folks. Listen to me. It's a lie when somebody tells you you got saved and then you can elect whether or not you want to be baptized. That's what Paul was reflecting back on. Acts 22 and 16 when he yeah. said he was praying yeah. and he was questioning why tarry is down. That's it. Arise and be baptized. Washing away your sins and then you could call on the name of the Lord. Amen. You can't call on the Lord in a filthy situation. No, sir. Right. Paul said I, I heeded that vision. I did as I was instructed. Man. So will you do what the Bible commands you to do today? Man. Hear, believe, repent, confess, and be baptized and live faithful unto death. Man. That's what you got to do, folks. Yeah. You got to make up your mind. Yeah. Just sitting there. Going back and forth about it, back and forth. We're going to sing a song. Come on up, Adora. We're going to sing a song in a, in, a, in a moment. And folks have a tendency. They'll grab the chair in front of them. Huh. Ain't no salvation in that chair. Amen. <laughs> you need to fix your mind on the Lord. If you Amen. need to be baptized, you need to step out and start walking and come forth. Yeah. If there's a need for repentance you need to make in your life, you know, when we pass each other, you better get it right. right. And if you're just struggling and you need some prayer, folks, that's why we're here. Amen. Don't go down in history to almost. Because you're not going to almost make it to heaven. Because if you're banking on an almost to get to heaven, it's a sure thing you're going to hell. <laughs> Ain't no almost. That's right. Make your calling an election sure. Amen. Make up your mind yeah. where you're going, and God will help you with the rest. Amen. What's our song? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, is our invitation song. Let us together stand and let us sing. Thank you.